Hey guys, just before we start this podcast, a couple of things. Jordan and I are quite busy at the moment, so after this podcast, we've decided to take two weeks off. Jordan has a couple of shows in Melbourne next week. I have one in Melbourne the week after, so come to that. All the links are in the description. We also recorded this podcast remotely, and there were a couple of internet issues, unfortunately. Uh, Jordan was also joined by special guest Miss Love, but their video cut out. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you just get to see my beautiful face. What a tragedy. And there are a few times when we're talking over each other because there were some audio lag issues, but it's not too bad. And you can definitely still enjoy the podcast. And you know what? I may as well get it in nice and early. This podcast is very proudly sponsored by Crush Organics CBD Oil. That's Crush with a K. Go to crushorganics.com, use the code NEIL for 40% off. They've got a huge range of CBD oil products. They've also got pain creams, they've got gummies, they've got bath bombs, they've got CBD oil for your pets. Everyone's using CBD oil. It's all the rage, and I mean that. They, they actually are. I'm not trying to be Trump. Uh, so make sure you get some CBD oil, use the code NEIL. And if you've never used it before, just start off with two to three drops. I use it every night. It's fantastic. Dramatically improved my sleep. All right, enjoy the podcast. How are you guys doing? Hello, Neil. Good. Sorry, I was just trying one last ditch thing to try and get the video to work, but this is not the time to be doing that. I'm also good live. Probably not while we've already started the podcast. So look, a bit of background yeah. here. We just spent half an hour trying to get some video to work, but uh, yeah, you raised um, a point. Didn't, didn't have to mention that, but we are clearly not very technical people. For people who make a career online making videos and... <laughs> doing podcasts we are pretty useless at it your editor has has fucked something up in your office and now the podcast has to suffer so we don't get to see that beautiful model face of yours just me with my no it is a real tragedy i i I feel like uh i don't put my face uh on the internet enough so (laughs) this is a real shame People will forget once my face isn't uploaded every single day i agree if there's one crime that, that uh, you have done it's that you haven't put your face out there enough and I can and that's a third party <laughs> enough, unbiased perspective we need a selfie every day of just you Damn doing straight. things every day we want more exactly. of the it's face it's fine we, in just fact, to we even want less it content out. less comedy just the face I yeah. mean look it is nuts how many Australians are making a living off of that? <laughs> it would have to be in the hundreds, right? Like a very good living off of just taking a photograph of themselves every day. Being like, hey, I exist. Uh, did, did you forget about that? No, go to Kmart. Uh, 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 hang on. No, I'm going to upload again. Here we go. <laughs> wonder why China's beating us, eh? You could be, <laughs> you could be spruiking Kmart in no time. Yeah, you have a no. very Kmart face. It's a mug you, game. You a, yeah, you got a Kmart face, bro. You got that kind of like high end of all the shitty department stores. Like you're not best and best, <laughs> that, but you're, I reckon you'd model for Kmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the this, uh, bike short range. Did this guy sold Sprite in like Korea or so he says. You might have photoshopped that and it was in Bondi. But uh, for all intensive purposes, <laughs> I think he sold Fanta in a far off Asian country. 
Yeah, he's, legit. he's got the exotic Man. factor there. He doesn't, doesn't have that here. So exactly. he's just got to rely on his, uh, you know, very... Uh, Chiseled good right looks. <laughs> no, what a handicap. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, Miss Love, how are you? How's, it, how's everything going? What's it like working for, for Jordan? The bus. It's good, man. Um, look, as I say every day, it's a lot better than a BWS. You know what I'm saying? A bottle yeah, that's a fair. That's uh, a fair point. Um, that's what I. That's I've what I got to say BWS, about so I that. Can't, I can't tell you what it's like. I'd imagine it'd be pretty good. You know, you're handing out. You know, you're giving people alcohol. I'm sure they're very happy to receive that. <laughs> Have you listen? I've done it, job. and it's not that glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, let's be honest. Yes, the they're happy, but there's also a lot of meth heads there. There's a lot of divorced dads. Angry alcoholics mm. are a sight. Mm. And they're also your valued customer. <laughs> <laughs> My brother works in a bottle and uh <clears throat> man, so much aggression, so many thieves, so many wild, passionate conspiracies who can only who 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 lack of intelligible information can only be <laughs> matched with their enthusiasm. <laughs> Man. You paint a, you paint a vivid You got picture. fleeced. You should be there. <laughs> Who's the real winner? Um, how are you, man? Um, I'm, I'm all right. Pretty busy right now. Just got a lot going on. I was in the North Coast last week. Uh, oh, that's right. And oh, and then uh, like uh, going to Melbourne. That's soon, Jordan's good, isn't it's, it? It's good. It's a good kind of busy. Yeah, North Coast. No, yeah, a bit jo- further. Yeah, was than that? He was did that Port feel Macquarie. nice being like, out of Sydney? Hold on, you're talking over each other. Uh, it it feel felt nice? fake, man. Where I was, it was like it was okay, but um, dude, I don't know if you've been to that. It's it's called the Tweed Valley or something, and like. It's really nice, but almost too nice. Weirdly nice. Everyone seems what? to not work. There were just all these, there was just like a plethora of MILFs getting avocado on toast at midday. And, you know, clearly don't have a job. And Wait, driving very nice car. It was just the North Shore. It was the North Shore uh, up in the North Coast. That is Tweed Heads. Right. That's a really good description of it. It's Man, Avalon, it been... where the prices are still outrageous, but not as outrageous as Avalon. Yeah, Tweed mm. Valley, actually. I don't know if it's Tweed Heads. One of those, somewhere on the Oh, yeah, water, sorry, sorry, Tweed, Tweed Valley. Valley. I, know, I know what you're talking about, though. Because as soon as you said that, as soon as you said MILFs getting avocado on toast, <laughs> I was like, like, I've been there. Like woke, woke MILFs, you know? Just MILFs that were... Uh, Going to the big day out twelve years ago, and are now just settle down with a nice, nice artist's boy, and uh, have a used couple to, of kids that are gluten-free. Used to be in the, uh, used to be in the mosh pit for System of a Down. Now they're part of that system. Yep. It makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of life. The circle of life. <laughs> 
I was in that pit. Yeah, avocado re- represent. Yeah, Too no, tempting. I was in that pit, and now I like almond coffees. It happens to all of us, you know. Man, you've really mm. described the difference between 20 and 30 better than any <laughs> man ever could. Uh, Mosh pits are nice, but you know what else is nice? Different kinds of milk. Yeah. They're extremely wanky. <laughs> yeah. Well, where's the joke there? I mean, there's sorry. no joke there. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's that is being thirty. Oh, oat wrong. milk. Yeah. Okay, I'll give that a go. Yeah. It's better for your gut. Yeah, you're mm. not wrong. What is your choice of milk, uh, uh, Neil? Well, uh, right now it actually is almond milk. So, dude, yeah. <laughs> speaking of the, it's I'm not even choice. thirty. Bro, I bought today, I went and bought some uh, Sultana brand with some almond milk just because I needed a bit of extra fiber. I thought that would be nice for my gut because I got yeah. fucking hemorrhoids, which is what? painful to shit. What? So, Why do you have hemorrhoids? <laughs> no wonder you didn't like know. Tweed Valley. How, what? I don't even know. <laughs> you've been, you've been lifting too much, too much. Yeah. yeah. Is I that know, what happens? Yeah. yeah. You fuck your guts. Yeah. Dude, my dad, listen to this. My dad uh, rode his bike so intensely, he gave himself a hernia. Well, that's the price you have to pay to be a uh, great <laughs> casual bike rider. He, a very delayed, unsympathetic response from Neil. <laughs> he blew out his guts because he thought he was fucking Armstrong, or whatever his name is, dude. Crazy. What's a, what's a, I actually don't know what a hernia is. What's the difference between that and what I've got? Uh, look, I don't know much about what you've got, but a hernia is where you puncture a hole in your guts. And oh. it's usually when you're exerting too much energy, like my dad was at, in his 60s, thinking that he can drive from Sydney to Canberra in really, you know, fast succession, quick speed. Oh, the, uh, yeah, wow. Well, the old man still trying to prove he's got it. Oh, Not yeah. Not quite there. Yeah. Now he kept, well, dude, he blew his guts out and kept going. He was like, don't need my lower intestine where I'm going. ACT. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's actually quite impressive. If you've been half the way to Canberra without a he is tough. Yeah, dude. That, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I'm sorry. He's more to hear a different that. type of tough, though. He's kind of like Eastern Bloc you know, type. Yeah, tough. like ABC's Plasmo, that uh, plasticine <laughs> alien that could kind of just turn into goo and then go under doors. Yeah. That's him. Alex and he looks Mack, like him as well. Yeah. Fuck, you've got the Just to get that on the record. <laughs> ABC's yeah, Plasmo. Right. I, what is that? Is that a car? Well, you've never character? seen it? Oh. Dude, no, Neil, Neil what are you, you what, are what? missing out. You're letting me down here. This is crazy. All right, let me You actually have some that. homework to do, Neil. You really should go back and watch Plasmo. It is the single greatest <laughs> show Australia has ever produced. The world. I'm going the world. Yeah, yeah. Way better than Channel 10's The Shire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember that's, that? That's Holy fuck. That's a big I, call. <laughs> it is a big call. It's huge. So... Those yeah, two Greek looks like a were vagina. not at all. <laughs> what? It just looks like a vagina. Like oh, the vagina of... man. Yeah. Oh, well, vagina man. Well, you're you're uh, yeah. You're projecting. Yeah, it's time we discussed. This is 
Ah, oh, it's been too long. Uh, it's time we discuss <laughs> this children's TV character that has a vagina for a face. Yeah, but is that pedestrian? No, it sounds like something pedestrian would write about it. BuzzFeed, close enough. Oh, <laughs> okay, yes. Now we got a uh, blast from the past in two ways, eh? <laughs> yeah. God, I'm glad that that demon has been slayed. It's gone. Is Isn't it, it amazing? Is it over? I think like so. I think dead. there's BuzzFeed Oz, but BuzzFeed Oz politics is gone. And God, that is like Miss Love's father going to the ACT. At least you got rid of the lower intestine. Man, near. What's happening hmm? other than like your dad getting his intestines blown out? Uh, we've been. Look, Jordan has more. Uh, I, I, for one, would like to state for the record that I am an island boy. Uh, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I'm the other island boy that <laughs> clearly was not the talent of the duo and thought that he could compensate by moving his hands a lot more than the other one. And that's a piece of homework for the audience. Only Neil has to see Plasmo because I assume that all the 18-year-olds watching this that would have been exactly 11 months old when Plasmo was first aired would have watched it. But everyone else needs to watch I'm an Island Boy and Miss Love... This week, Neil, I forced him. This is basically why he's here. I, I mm. kind of just outsource everything to him now. If I need a cupboard built, I get him <laughs> to do it. If I'm, if someone tells me to read a book, I get him to read it instead. <laughs> um, like with this podcast, for instance, I'm like, I'm kind of sleepy. You do 50% of my talking. <laughs> like it's just everything, everything gets outsourced to him. But there was this one book that he read called Nourishment and it had a picture of a ram on the front and I was just like, okay, uh-huh. that's pretty interesting. Um, 300 pages about RAM. Okay, well, uh, I, I did the Aussie Home Loans RAM insurance like contract recently, and that was boring as fuck. I'm not going through another one voluntarily, thank you very much. And so I gave this nourishment book over to Miss Love to read. And he thinks... Wait, 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 wait. That- Hang on, stop, stop, stop. The the book is about rams. It this is this is the deceptive thing, and this is why it's not a bestseller apparently because they put a picture of a ram on the front. How many people are going to buy that book? Like, yeah. how many people in their day to day life think like you know what's more noble than uh, a, a sheep? Uh, probably less noble than a llama, a ram. All right, I want to read an entire book about their digestive system. No one, no one thinks that. And so, like, it just—it was just such a bad decision putting this on the front and calling it nourishment. But yeah. Miss Love thinks it is one of the most Profound. enlightening books yeah. he's ever read. Yeah. So, 100%. What's the book actually about? Is it? Is it about? Digestion, or oh, a big chunk of it is using... about digestion. Okay, sorry. So no, no, no. Uh, look, okay, but, 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 okay, okay. This is this is the whole thing that's genius about this book, though, Neil. Right? Let me just give you a quick outline. And what's it called? Nourishment. Read the whole thing. What animals can okay. teach us about rediscovering our nutritional wisdom? See, everything about this book just screamed. I am pawning a 
homework task off to miss love. Like I'm just <laughs> one of those fat, lazy kids in year five that can get Fiverr and get some Sri Lankan in like Sri Lanka <laughs> to do his homework for him. You know, like I, I, I really just thought like you read it, but like this is the beginning of this book starts with talking about how animals are just so much more intuitive mm. than human beings mm. and they understand when they're sick. Like they can feel sickness or let's even call it imbalance coming on yep. inside their body, which is something that we have completely drowned out of ourselves. And you keep going through the book and it comes to the end and the conclusion is, in conclusion, you're dumber than a sheep. And like after reading the 300 pages, you just think, They've got us. He's completely got us. Yeah. So we're because we're completely unaware of ourselves. We're no longer in touch with our inner world. I mean, we know about calculus, but we don't know when we're sick. Exactly. We can't claim to be smarter than animals. I'm actually I've googled this book right here, and I'm looking at the cover page. That is a ominous looking ram. That I like it. Did like like it. an art student paint that because it's good, but also kind of shit. But I don't know if they're going uh, Yeah, to I know exactly. That's a very good description of it. That's everything about looking... the cover. It's the, it's the Paddington Street <laughs> sign that they font that they use for nourishment. Yeah, it's yeah, the what bad the animal can about rediscovering design. a nutritional wisdom. It's like you could have you could have condensed that. I love it. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, you guys. I think it's great. I, I like the wise-looking goat. I like uh, – I'm a big fan of the cover. In fact, Jordan gave me two books to read, and I chose this one because of the cover. That says a so lot about outsourcing you. outsourcing your reading you to would be in touch with your nutritional wisdom. <laughs> Sorry. Huh? Are you outsourcing you your uh, – are you, are you outsourcing your reading to Miss Love right now? Yeah, I outsource everything to him. Tell, I, him I, tell him what you're about to outsource me to do. Oh, man. Okay, we'll Listen get back to this. to this nourishment book in a second. But Neil, just breathe in because you're going to be laughing a lot. You might as well just take the breath now. Okay. Today, because I have uh, the most standard Australian dad imaginable, <laughs> right? Like any ad about refinancing your mortgage, about a super plan, Whoever that man is, that's exactly what my dad looks like. And he was saying, I need you to, here's the thing. I need you to take a day off from your job that you never take a day off from, uh, running a national media company at this point. I need you to stop that and I need you to come and disassemble a kitchen in Newcastle for me and put it onto my ute, which is stuff that he used to tell me to do when I was a teenager, and fair enough. But now I'm 32. And run a pretty successful Australian multimedia company. So he wanted me, yeah, he wanted me to take a day off from there. He wanted me to uh, not interview how I was going to interview, like, uh, Witness K, a guy that brought to light that Australia <laughs> is, uh, or, like, all the all the dealings that they did to steal East Timor's oil. Um, he wanted me to take that off so I could unscrew a cupboard in Newcastle (laughs) because he didn't want to spend $50 
getting someone else to do it for him and delivering it to him. So he did a little calculation and realized he'd save maybe $20 if he did that when you include petrol. And so instead, <laughs> I was just like, I'm not going. And he had this big blow up at me of just like, I can't believe this. I ask you for one favor, just one. We yelled at each back and forward. And then I just stopped midway through and realized, oh, I have a helper monkey now. <laughs> and I just, I just rang <laughs> up Miss Love. And he's being the surrogate son. He's doing every, it's, um, everyone needs Miss Love. He's just like a Mr. Me6 that never dies. He stays forever and you're just like, now do this. He's like, you're the bash. You know, this is amazing. What's Mr. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right. I'm out with the kids programs. Uh, he's, yeah, so, that's what's happening. Wait, 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 wait. So did you already go and disassemble this? Kitchen or is this on apparently the cards? Apparently, it's on the cards. Wow. Do, Jordan, do you think, because I'm hearing something like that, I feel like your dad's trying to reconnect, but in a very Aussie blokey kind Ooh. of way. Mate, I've got a he, He's not. He just, he just wants a hand. Even I can vouch for that. <laughs> he just... Yeah, yeah. Like, just a matter that of that man cheap. wants to connect, but he wants to connect with the cupboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We lost him. It doesn't matter. Um, you still there, Neil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, we, good. we lost your visuals, but that's okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can. That yeah. doesn't matter. I'm still being recorded. But Neil, if you want, if you yeah. need a surrogate son, I'm there for you. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, there's because nothing that my dad has asked me to do. I'll pretend to be you. We look the same. Sure, you could get away with that. For sure. I want you to go out in public and for my dad to say, yeah, this is my son. <laughs> my dad actually Do looks it. very white though, so it, it could get away with it. Oh, really? My dad is extreme, extraordinarily white for an Indian. Um, so this nourishment book, right, uh, what gems of wisdom have you gained from it? What do you think you can pass there's, on to Jordan's dad and to other oh man, avid listeners? There's too, there's too many. There's too many gems. There's so many. There's so many different. So essentially, the first half of the book is pretty exclusively about the digestive system of goats, but then it mm -hmm. covers everything from spirituality, the future of the planet, um, just strange factoids about health, the, uh, the power of the human mind, especially in regards to um, uh, placebos and nocebos. And then it just nice little finish with the answer to the meaning of life. And you know what, Neil, what does it when say? he was it's describing it to me, it? when Go he was on. describing it to me, kind of just reminded me of, and it did go into this very briefly, but I think even from Miss describing it to me, I finally understood really what the Tao Te Ching is talking about. Well, that's a big call. No, it's not. I mean, look, there, there are scholars that study it their entire lives and still don't know what it means. And then after Miss Love just <laughs> relaying a book to him that I don't know how well he read it. <laughs> what do you mean how well I read it? Well, well you, you just look at it. I was just opening it up and you just see like this, 
like photoenzymes is just one word is highlighted. And so every now and then I'm kind of just sitting there being like, what? They're keywords, <laughs> you dope. <laughs> like glyce, like, okay, just glyphosate is just uh, highlighted. Where, where, where? Just there. Just one word yeah, that is out kinda, of nothing. That is kind of weird, actually. I don't know what I was thinking there. But the point is that when he was reading, uh, when he was writing it, sorry, when, when he was relaying it to me. I wrote this book. You, are you familiar with the Tao at all, Neil? Not to any great extent. So uh, fill me in, please. The Tao, and the way that it's written, it's pretty much just ancient Chinese philosophy. Everyone's heard of Confucius. Let's just put it this way. Mm -hmm. Confucius thought Lao Tzu, who was the writer of the Tao Te Ching, was so wise that he hunted him down, spent a lot of his life trying to find Lao Tzu, and then Confucius went to him and said, teach me the way. And then he said, no, because you are not a wise man. I have to go now. <laughs> and abandoned him, just left him, <laughs> left the man that all of Asia looks to of, okay, we're going to base our society off that man's teachings because of how wise he is. Oh and Lao Tzu thought he was an idiot. That is awesome. Wow. It says a lot, so doesn't it? And like, Neil, recently I've been watching about the Han Dynasty and just the way the ancient Chinese wrote, everything oh, they say story. is... Huh? Well, uh, you finish, and then I've got a. I read a short story that was written by a Chinese author, and it's brilliant, but also uh, scary. So you go on. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear. But everything, even when you are listening to historians speak about events in ancient China, it's just an extremely wise society. You know, even if they're talking about grain or something like that, they'll be like, this harvest was most shameful to he who looks out to the celestial and translates to the mortals. And it's like, what are they saying? They're saying they had a bad grain harvest that year. You know? like everything is always just tapered in this really celestial, otherworldly way. Um, it's an extremely mystic society. But anyway... Lao Tzu, yeah. it, it, the Tao Te Ching translates, huh? Can I tell you the story I read really quickly? Yeah, go, go, go. It doesn't go. take long. So I can't remember who the author was, but I can go and find the book really quickly when you're talking about the Tao. But uh, this, is, this is dead set. This was the, this was the story. Um, there was a family and a, a young son uh, was being robbed and the robbers took out a knife or a sword and unfortunately basically decapitated him. So then the father saw the son, started crying, thinking, oh, no, my son's dead. And so they were preparing him for the funeral. But it turned out the son wasn't actually dead. And so they stitched up his neck and they all rejoiced, thinking, wow, my, son, my son's still alive. He hasn't been decapitated. He isn't dead. And... The story ended, I'm not, I'm not making this up, the story ended 10 years later, uh, they were at a family gathering 
and someone made a very hilarious joke and the son laughed so hard that the wound opened up again and his head fell off. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> and he is, this, <laughs> is this a real story? I swear to God, I'll go find it in a sec. It's when, real? Um, it's, it's part of the Penguin Classics short stories range <laughs> and it's in the first 10. And so that actually uh, happened. I don't know what the message of that story is, but yeah, I, I don't laugh too hard, I guess. Yeah, don't laugh too hard or the Buddha will kill you. I think that's yeah. it. Is it yeah, an ancient story or is this some modern yes. writer? Because if it's modern... <laughs> it's not modern, dude. <laughs> Can you imagine it was it's written like 2017? <laughs> 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 Oh, that would be so weird. And it just ended on that, and then his head fell off. Yep. Yep. Dude, maybe maybe the moral is <laughs> yeah, like... How good is it? <laughs> maybe, maybe the moral is like, he with hubris is bad. Don't laugh at people's misfortunes. Yeah, I don't know because no, they weren't laughing at someone's nah. misfortunes. They were just laughing. Sure they'd have in a very, they were just having a very convivial uh, time. They were just together at a family gathering, and the, the son died from a wound that opened Shit. up from ten years ago. And hmm. uh, was this was so? Is this book like three pages long? Why? Well, it was a collection of uh, short stories. Oh, so, yeah, that particular story, I think, was about four or five pages long. I was going to say, Penguin's really running out of ideas. They're like, eh, no one's reading that Kerouac on the road shit. Eh, just give them the stick with your head file off barrel or some shit, you know. Did that make any sense? Let me actually try and... <laughs> All right, so you go on with the Dow. Let me... I'm going to try and find this. Um, you know what author. I think the meaning of that might be? I think I, I think I nailed it, but I'd like to hear. I think it's just the moral of every story in ancient China is just uh, getting at Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life because unfortunately it hadn't been written yet. <laughs> I really think it's just life is unfair. Get used to it. That stuff does resonate with me. Uh, <laughs> look, resonates. <sighs> Carry that cross. Um, look, the thing is, let's be honest. If you never understand a story, that's the default. <laughs> it really yeah. is. That's just what people I say. I guess life is crazy. Life is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. life is hard because he went through something hard. It's like, nah. Nah, that's probably not it. It's not it. <laughs> it could be it. It could be it. Uh, I think, dude, was the book you read called Ripley's Believe It or Not? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it might have been this one by Shen Fu. It might have been that. No, no, it's not that one. Hang on, let me find it. Neil, when do you think it was written? It's part of this little black book of classics. It's it's this like uh, penguin. That sounds cool. Yeah, they've got these like sixty books. And they're all about 54 pages long, exactly 54 pages long. They changed the font size to, to get them all to uh, the precise oh. amount of pages. Wow. I just can't find it right now. Well, actually, you know what? You one guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back in one minute with the book. Dude, it's all good. One of those short stories <clears throat> is uh, 
how I got my shrunken head by Arnold Stein. <laughs> and one is fucking... <laughs> 54 stories of heady goodness. All right, I got it. <laughs> ding, 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 it's ding, 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 ding. Wailing Ghosts by Song Ling. Whoa. Is that... Wailing Ghosts by Song Ling. It's Chinese, not Japanese, is it? I don't know. Uh, yes, no, yeah, that's born definitely 1640. Chinese. That's, okay. that's a Chinese Zibo, name. China. Died in 715. Zibo, China. No, I th- Jesus I- Christ. What? That guy was alive in 715 AD. It's not even a real year. I'm calling it bogus on that year. Don't you think? It, it seems made crazy. up. Like, who died in 715? That guy. It's crazy. Bro, the... The tale is literally a page long. I can just read it on the podcast. It just stuck with Do me. It. A, it's a story. There's so many. There's there's oh, 10 God. tales, and this one is a page long. Can I read it? Yeah, yeah for sure, dude. Okay. And then it's read a fatal uh, uh, joke. how I found my shrunken head. <laughs> okay. Ghost. Goose. Why do I say ghost bumps? Because that's called ghost. Oh, my God. All right. The, the schoolmaster Sun Jinjia. I'm not sure if I, I probably got that wrong. Once told this story, a certain fellow of the locality, let us call him X, was killed by bandits during one of their raids. His head flopped down onto his chest. When the bandits had gone and the family came over to recover the corpse for burial, they detected the faintest trace of breathing and on closer examination saw that the man's windpipe was not quite severed. A finger's breadth remained. So they carried him home, supporting the head carefully. And after a day and a night, he began to make a moaning noise. They fed him minute quantities of food with a spoon and chopsticks. And after six months, he was fully recovered. Ten years later, he was sitting, talking with two or three of his friends when one of them cracked a hilarious joke and they all burst out laughing. X was rocking backwards and forwards in a fit of hysterical laughter when suddenly the old sword wound burst open and his head fell to the ground in a pool of blood. His friends examined him. And this time, he was well and truly dead. His father decided to bring charges against the man who had told the joke, but the joker's friends collected some money together and succeeded in buying him off. The father buried his son and dropped the charges. And that's it. That's the story. You know what? Can I, I reckon one of you two need to use that as your like synopsis for your live show. Mm. Like a review, like like The Guardian. Just leave mm. that story there. Oh, that'd be so good to put and that then, as a And then story. the dash is like Lao Tsing Chu as the... <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> it'll make you laugh so hard your head will fall off. Yeah, but also, yeah, don't really you think that just great, sending that great tale? Yeah, to uh, like Newcastle Weekly, and yeah. they're just like, "Show what you show about Neil," and then just be like, "There was a man <laughs> in 715 AD." I don't know, Neil. Change be edgy for our crowd, mate. Uh, look, we'll skip on this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you sure you don't reference Maddie Johns at all? <laughs> you, just, you just start injecting Maddie Johns. Like, then he died. Maddie Johns walked in and did the hucker. Yeah. Yes. All right. Now the you're hucker. cooking with gas. <laughs> no, dude. It's a mad story. I don't know what the hell it means, but it's a good story. Yeah, I, I have no idea what it means either, but um, don't laugh too hard the- if you've, your head has been severed. Dude, can I make a suggestion? 
I think that was the 18th century version of like Stevo. I think that joke was a piss take. The, the story was a piss take. Hey. He just wrote it to mess with people's heads. Yeah, I think he was writing that with the thought in mind that people in 2021 will be taking it seriously. And he's like, going... isn't that nuts that we are? Uh, he, yeah, we are. Like, this man died 1,300 years ago. That's mental. And he achieved so his goal. So far in the future. And also, we don't speak his language. Mm -hmm. How did it Impressive. travel? Dude, I think Do you want Van me to read Marston's... the next one of his tales? Because they're all do. one page <laughs> long. <laughs> so how about I hey, read Neil, the next is one? It... Is it... <laughs> Can I predict is the next one just completely underrated? And it's like, and then his head fell off. <laughs> yeah. Again, I can't remember the next one. That one stood out <laughs> when I read. I read this it a few it. weeks ago, but this one. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. This one's called a prank. Um, a certain fellow of my home district, a well-known prankster in Libertine, was. I love that word, Libertine. I need to bring that back. Was out one day strolling in the countryside when he saw a young girl approaching on a pony. I'll get a laugh out of her. See if I don't. He called out to his companions. They were skeptical of his chances of success and wagered a banquet on it. Even as he hurried forward in front of the girl's pony and cried out loudly, I want to die, I want to die. He took hold of a tall millet stalk that was growing over a nearby wall and bending it so that it projected a foot into the road, untied the sash of his gown and threw it over the stalk, making a noose in it and slipping it around his neck as if to hang himself. As she came closer, the girl laughed at him, and by now his friends were also in fits. The girl then rode on into the distance, but the man still did not move, which caused his friends to laugh all the more. Presently, they went up and looked at him. His tongue was protruding from his mouth. His eyes were closed. He was quite lifeless. <laughs> Strange that a man could succeed in hanging himself from a millet stalk. Let this be a warning to libertines and pranksters. <laughs> 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 so the writer, the, so, so, so the author was illiterate. We figured it out. <laughs> I, yeah, I, unless it's gotten lost in translation here, but um, I mean, you know what that no, I think you know, it's just don't a be a really strict boy. society. They were like, no fun allowed, dude. You know what that story was, Neil? <laughs> that that was a fucking. Yeah. That was a, that was a like a, a a tale a cautionary tale that Jordan should have read in high school when he was the class clown. Some guy should have came yeah. in and be like, "Hear ye, hear ye!" And then now Jordan would be a lawyer. <laughs> but he's not. That's how it works. It's, That's it's how it works. works. It's just there's no Aesop's yeah. fables, man. Like, don't be a schmader. Because, <laughs> dude, we were just smart asses, and I'd be a lawyer too, for for all you know, for that matter. So. I like that one. I read somewhere, I heard recently that uh, in East Asian countries, I think namely China, a certain gene for risk-taking just doesn't exist as it does in the West. So that gene has Shit. been bred out of a certain country or society. If I remember correctly, I think it was China. Whoa. Um, That's, I believe that. That's a lot, man. That, I mean, was, Jesus. Yeah. With Can we read one? Like Can that? I? All right. I've got one more. This is only half a page. Do you want? Do you want to give it? Third, <laughs> Can I predict this one? Tale? Can I predict this one? Can I predict yeah, it again? Go. I yeah, think it's going to yeah. be like 
A child was so hungry, and he kept taking his siblings' rice. And then month after month, he ate their rice. And then they cried for their rice, said, We're hungry too, brother. And he said, No, I'm the hungriest of all. And then one day his stomach exploded. Don't take, don't eat too much. Don't bite off, you know, don't eat too much food. Bye. That's my prediction. All right, we'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see how accurate that is. I don't remember this one either. I only read it a few weeks ago. There you go. That decapitation one stood out to me for obvious reasons. All right, this one's called the Black Beast, and knowing uh, China's attitude towards uh, different races, I'm I'm a bit worried. But we'll see how we go. Okay, my friend's grandfather Lee Jinji once told me the following story. I love how he's always saying someone else told me this story. He doesn't want to be the Wiping his going, hands. Oh, yeah, it was my story. You no, he's trying to deflect that he came up with these shitty stories. Yeah, he right. is because he would have been held up in prison, tied up if, <laughs> if he experienced any of this. Okay. A certain gentleman was picnicking on a mountainside near the, shitty, near the city of Shenyang when he looked down and saw a tiger come walking by, carrying something in its mouth. The tiger dug a hole and buried whatever it was in the ground. When he had gone, the gentleman told his men to find out what it was the tiger had buried. They came back to inform him that it was a deer, and he bade them retrieve the dead animal and fill up the hole. Later, the tiger returned, followed this time by a shaggy black beast. The tiger went in front as if it were politely escorting an esteemed guest. When the two animals reached the hole, the black beast squatted to one side and watched intently. While the tiger felt in the earth with his paws only to discover that the deer was no longer there. The tiger lay there, prostrate and trembling, not daring to move. The black beast, thinking that the tiger had told a lie, flew into a fury and struck the tiger on the forehead with its paw. The tiger died immediately, and the black beast went away. (laughs) Bro, this is in Penguin class. Is there one that doesn't end in someone getting struck in the head? Like, it's always something about <laughs> someone so dying because of the heat. Just sounds like a day in the wow. office for me, me and Jordan interacting. <laughs> you said Man, if, this is the, if this is what they came up when it wasn't the century of humiliation, what have they written in the last hundred years? Dude, that has to be the shittest writer of the fucking that <laughs> dynasty. How he got in Penguin Classics, I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to see what people think about him, what uh, literary aficionados reckon. Like, I need to find... Can I... Can I... Because maybe maybe he was just like the uh, Stephen King of his time. I mean, he's telling (laughs) ghost stories. Let me... uh, Let me bounce off some of that, Neil, if you you, you want, with some of the stuff in... uh, Some of the stuff in Fred Prevenzi's Nourishment. Taking a big detour. So you guys, yes, keep going. And then I know, Jordan, you were going to talk about the Dow some more. So, uh, oh, unless you want go to go ahead. It's just, I think, it... just tell me if I'm wrong about this. Right, go. What I got from the gist of it was, and it does just remind me of the fact that I was, I've been watching like this. It's a sick podcast. I listen, everyone go listen to it. It's just full of civilizations. It's great. It's got the voice of the guy that used to do Walking with Beasts, clearly the most popular out of Walking with Humans and Walking with Dinosaurs. The much forgotten Nerd! <laughs> Dude, that one was underrated, though. That was a good one. Walking with Cavemen was the bad, it was the worst. Definitely. Have you guys Definitely. ever heard of Netflix? 
Yes, but this was well before that. This was when mm. you got six DVDs for Christmas and you portioned one out every two months. I'll Don't shake your head at me. No, you I will shake my head that. at you. You just got Toad Rage once and reread it six times over. Yeah, I'll stick with scary movie, thank you very much. I watch good movies. But thank look, you. Anyway. Well, that was one of the other six, and that did get us through a lot of summers, I'll tell you that. But I'm anyway, sorry. the point is, this guy was just talking about how... Uh, the Palace of the Han Dynasty, the way that that civilization fell was there was essentially two factions because they never wanted a man to be in the palace because they thought that a man would usurp the emperor and then you know create a new dynasty so men weren't allowed in the palace who was allowed in the palace were empresses and every emperor had like 50 wives. So there was just like hundreds of empresses walking around. And there was eunuchs. And so eunuchs and empresses used to decide who the emperor was. And the emperor became this chess piece in this really strange satanic vial for power between all of these, I suppose, witches and guys without testicles with no lineage whatsoever just kind of like dividing the empire up between themselves and running it while they usually put an emperor on there and encouraged the emperor went out of their way to tell the emperor <clears throat> to do no governing whatsoever and just sit there in his harem playing just in this like haze of permanent opium and 50 women sitting around like I suppose he's Austin Powers being like, let's play lions and tigers, girls. And like, just do that his entire life. Oh, behave. And they just Jesus. get outed all the time, like constantly killed over and over again to the point, to the ridiculous point that they once crowned a newborn emperor of China, a newborn baby. Um, and so like, it wow. just got ridiculous and out of hand. Huh? No, I just said, wow. I know. And I think that, like, it was kind of like prophecies as to why it fell. And there was just this thing that Chinese people kind of always say, which is, like, nature went out of balance. Uh, it was not the way, which is what Tao translates to it. The closest translation in English to Tao is the way. And it's as ethereal as that, and you can't get any more definite than that other than the fact that he says, like, in the world of the 10,000 things, the Tao exists. But in the world of the not 10,000 things, the Tao also exists. And the 10,000 things, I think they mean the material world. Um, but I think that reading, or like the summary of what uh, Miss Love is saying here is kind of like the same thing that they were saying about why the Han dynasty ended and then the Chinese empire disintegrated. The world got so removed from nature and how natural cycles work 
that it just kind of crumbled between itself. Like this strange, weird little satanic world where all of these wicked empresses and eunuchs are sitting there vying, just constantly putting these little teeny boys up as rulers of a kingdom of 50 million people just seems so far from what nature intended, you know? Like, it's so Mm. different to just what a tribe is, Mm -mm. right? Mm -mm. And they're ruling over 50 million people across this sparse, like, a a landmass larger than the Roman Empire with slightly more people. And I think that that's kind of what this is saying in the sense that, like, in a lot of ways, the sheep is smarter. And it's not just because they're, like, closer in tune with themselves, but they're also just much more in tune with what's going on in the world. Like when we took shrooms, Neil, we walked around in nature (laughs) and there's kind of this moment where you're walking around in there and it's windy and it's cold because it's the blue mountains. And you just know you're aware that if you were not on shrooms, you would think, okay, I'm really cold. I want to go inside. That's true, yeah. That's very true. But it true. just being cold and windy, you, you kind of just walked kind of, around and dealt with it. And, kind of, and, and of, not even dealt with it. It was kind of just like, that's how it is at the moment. You kind of take, it was beyond dealing with it. You kind of take it on for what it is and like internalize it. And uh, it doesn't vex you. It doesn't vex you. And then the other thing is while you're walking around, you start okay. paying more attention to the animals around you and you realize that the animals are doing the same thing. They're kind of just... It's cold at the moment, and they and you always just feel like, man, I feel sorry for those birds. They don't have central heating, but like, and the trees seem alive. I just put, I'm just gonna put that in there, and that as well, and that's part of the ten thousand things. Clearly, yeah. no, but seriously, it does. It is part of the so, ten thousand. So if those uh, eunuchs and empresses all took shrooms, China would have uh, maintained its power. <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? I totally think that's the case, but instead they sat around smoking opium. Surely opium has similar effects. No, opium's morphine. Right. Okay. Just smacks you out. Right, 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 right. And that was the central governing body, just this weird thing that was controlling all of the money, Mm. and that was the world that it created. It's just really, it's really creepy and strange that when human beings get so removed from nature, Hmm. that's ultimately what happens. And that's what this book is talking about. It's like when you get into this stage of decline, just like the Han Dynasty was in. It's much worse now, but like really comparatively, right? In terms of global warming. Yeah, yeah, like no yeah. one pays attention to anything. It's actually, that's another one as well. Is like when you're high, I can't believe this has just turned into a big thing of like Welcome psychedelics, the, but. Joe like, Rogan, Joe Rogan by day, by night, every night. <laughs> you started talking about how uh, when you're in your 30s, you talk about uh, the little comforts that bring you joy, like having almond milk. And now it's uh, divulged into your. Uh, deep truths that you've uh, found while being on mushrooms in the blue mountains. So you've gone, you've gone back to early twenties. Sometimes you put the system of a D system of a Dan CD on bro. Steal this album. Yeah, man. Just feel it. 
You just you don't actually listen. You just feel it, eh? Dude, prison song. <laughs> what no, the no, hell no. are you talking about? You guys obviously aren't fans. No, Christ, no. no. I hate no, System of a Down. Well, prison System of a Down is so far removed <laughs> from sheep, isn't it? It's so... <laughs> it's the perfect example of what is occurring here. System of a Down. It's not in touch with nature. And that's why they've declined. <laughs> Shavo. That's pretty close to sheep. So I, I, I beg to differ. But it's but like... It's, I'm not trying to be... Okay, look, I'm not trying to be facetious here. Do you... Do you think Western society is too far removed from nature? Do you think modern society generally across the world is too far removed from nature? How do you actually define nature? Because if it happened organically in the sense that there was no outside interference by alternate beings, then can't you say that's actually human nature, that it it it, it came to this precipice where there were newborns acting as the head of state uh, for an empire of 50 million people. Well, isn't that a natural progression of the human condition then? How do you actually define what's natural? Yeah, I mean, that's true. But it comes down, for me, it comes down to health. So you can argue that something, by by happening naturally, then it's by nature, it's, you know, it's a natural act, but when mm. you know obesity levels are climbing insane at insane numbers at, in place in, like in the Western world and globally to the point where it's becoming like an a pan, a epidemic of pr- mass proportion. It's like yeah, maybe we go against our instincts for a little. <laughs> there's some. There's it seems to a lot of the book sort of talks about how there's a reason why a lot of animals have natu- this sort of natural wisdom and it's not from stupidity. It's not to say that there's not a lot of ab- amazing achievements that the 21st century have created and life expectancy is growing, but there's some terrible things like, you know, he- mm. overall health, mental health, physical health, uh, this global warming, you know, the state of the environment. Those are the things mm. where... We can learn from rams and basically every animal, <laughs> you okay. know. What do you suggest? We, lot- what, what do we do? What what can be done because the as the system it's so uh, well, entrenched, a lot- agribusiness, all of that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is it? Per- is it permacul- permaculture? Is that what it's called? Like sustainable farming, uh, small-scale community farming. It actually ends up making... It's not that it doesn't make money. There's there's alternatives that that actually produce. They don't destroy. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't render the soil barren and the earth completely fucked. I can swear, right? Mm. Um, yes. And <laughs> it's regenerative, and it actually works with nature, and as well as helping, as well as like supporting nature to flourish. And, and sort of act, act. Uh, there's all these systems, like basically, you know, the way it had been done by our ancestors works in every, you know, in every way. It might be less profit involved, but 
the, the, the positives outweigh the negatives like tenfold. So it's just little practical things. It's like basically common sense, you know, a lot of stuff that's mm. saying, it's, it's, it's basically the idea that in the, in the West, we have moved towards monoculture crops, big ag, big farm. Like, it's just like, yeah, profits primary and the primary uh, sort of what, what companies want, which is not like profit can't be your only guiding force. Otherwise you're doomed. But just this idea of starting from grassroots and keeping it community-based, like it sounds almost novel, but it's like the difference between getting cancer and not getting cancer, pesticides, destroying the soil, nutrient, like monoculture is like, yeah, screws the soil, screws the animals, um, nutrient, poor food. Um, there's, mm. there's really no positives apart from bigger yield, but a bigger yield of shit food is helping who the company that's really it like so much of the book is red pilled me about like how poor people's diets are like insanely bad like we used to eat a variety of 15,000 plants now we eat 15 15,000 verse 15 you know what I'm Hormones, saying? Like GMO. It's, 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 yeah, it's bad. Sorry. Yeah. It's hectic. Yeah. It's, it's so, mm. it's so removed from how the nat natural cycles of nature occur. And the big takeaway from this book, I suppose, is it's all going downhill. And it's all very well and good to say you can be doing this and you can't be doing that. But it's kind of a, a quite doom and gloom book, like a lot of environmental books are. But it goes one further than that, Neil. It just says it's it's part of the cycle. Like that it's inevitable, decline yeah. and yeah, and collapse is yeah. inevitable. It happens yeah, all throughout history, with or without human beings. It's kind of just the way that nature transforms itself. And I don't know, it kind of just leaves you with a sense of peace of like, well, I suppose in the grand scheme of things, it's all in its order. That's one positive outlook. It is one positive outlook. It's, I don't know, this because like... In my line of work, right, I'm constantly just looking at all of these things and thinking there's no way you're fixing this. This is just going to get worse and worse and there's no mm. real – there's solutions to it. They definitely exist, but are they going to be implemented? And the reality of this situation is no. I mean, look at it, for instance, with the US, how they got the Democrats in – and then Joe Manchin just says, nope, and then that's no action on climate change yet again. So really the difference in outcome between the Democrats and the Republicans being there is naught when it comes to... No, that's not true. Like, he's still doing a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. But in terms of the real big spend issues, that's just been completely sidelined. And so you think about that, and then you realise, oh, okay, the Republicans are going to get back into the next cycle, as they always do. And then it's just going to get worse from there. It's just, it keeps going down. It's just that highlighted thing. That's interesting. Just that line. The ages of pioneer, commerce, affluence, intellects, 
intellect and decadence. Yeah, it's that's, so that's how it works. So there's this. It discusses the sort of six or whatever it is stages of society that every because there's been what it said. There's been six extinctions on Earth since the dawn of Earth, and each society yeah. and empire yeah. had risen and fallen through the same cycles. And it's yeah. Jordan just read them and then just read the top of that. Just read just that, literally that line. In the, the United top. States in the 21st century, we are leaving the age of intellect and entering the age of decadence. Read a bit more. The threat is the concentration of power and resources in the political, corporate and financial elite. Politicians serve the wealthy who put them in office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but like... You know, it's just, it's just an interesting thought that to play on what Jordan was saying, it's like there's a sort of a sad beauty in the inevitability... It's almost the opposite of this idea that life is random. It's like it follows a quite rigid set of principles and they're probably just as just as uh, rigid as the principles of the universe and how cells work, you know, how, sure. how, how everything has its function and sort of, you know, you live, but you die. Hasn't there, been, hasn't there been periods just in the last... 100 to 200 years where the wisdom was that Western society was in a period of decline and it may well have been for 10, 20, 30 years. And then it turned it around, perfect example being the Great Depression and then World War II and then a period of relative prosperity throughout the 50s. So how much of a doomsday scenario is this? Because if... Uh, Technology is also rising at a very rapid rate and we're becoming more knowledgeable about the, the food that we're putting into our bodies. It, surely there's some light at the tunnel there. Um, they're saying that the global population will plateau uh, at around 9 billion. It may even be less because no one's having kids. And things could be... Look, the next 10 to 20 years are quite critical... But are there certain people or just particularly in the in the artistic world who just sort of have this romantic idea that um, technology and and uh, efficiency and all these things are always bad there's just a blanket rule then no matter what seeking profits above all else is bad and it is very narrow, but what it can do is just create an immense amount of efficiency and that technology then can hopefully be utilized by other companies or, uh, you know, by individuals and, and said communities for uh, uh, better outcomes. I mean, something like uh, all these sort of plant-based uh, companies now that are just uh, mass-producing, uh, you know, meat replacement products, surely that's a net good. But they haven't. They wouldn't have been able to do that without decades of uh, agribusiness continually advancing the means by which they produced whatever food that they were producing. So, is it all doom and gloom? Do you think the next ten to twenty, maybe thirty years, are a sort of transitory period where, uh, if we make the right decisions collectively, we can still get on track and have a positive trajectory? Or do you think it's uh, just an inevitable period of decline and the the cruel fall at the bottom is just just around the corner. What do you think about that? 
I mean, it's definitely true. If you look back at societies, like, okay, say for ancient Rome or the Byzantines, there was periods over their thousand-year history of, it wasn't just a decline. There was points where they were expanding. There was points where they were contracting. But I think that the whole point is that at some point, the party has to end. It can't just keep going forever. I think it would just be such a, like, I don't know. It's just that's what that book kind of just made me realize is, like, there's an end point to everything. Uh, you know, human beings, you can extend your life. There'll be points where you were fatter. There were points where you were more fit. There were points where you were happier or sadder. But then the game's over, and then you decompose. I think it's just... Mm. Maybe you're right in that in the next 30 years, the, the world gets its act together. But what about in the next 200 years? What about in the next 1,000 years? There's going to be some point where the, the world as it is will end. But it's almost, it's almost coming from a, from a perspective of like you try your best and do the right thing, but there's almost like a sad, melancholy kind of beauty to the fact that, you know, like people live as if they're going to live forever. And it's, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> it's like you should, there's kind of a beauty in, in, in sort of having the context of like being grateful and humble that you had the opportunity to be alive in the first place. And, um, you know, not to say you shouldn't like, you should obviously, it's not, it's not even, it's not like a pessimistic perspective. It's like, it's just kind of, uh, mm. trying to see the whole picture of, of, uh, you know, life, the idea of life since from, from, from when the first microorganism from the big bang to like the first microorganism like existing to, you know, the whole world and the human race and everything. Um, yeah, it's just a balance. Like it's not, it's not like black and white. It's not like we're fucked. It's, it's not like that. It's just kind of trying to take it all in. And do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's kind of just discussing cycles. Sure. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. There's certain things, whether or not they're beyond your control, there's just a, a greater cycle of nature at play and, it, it's fruitless yeah, it's like, to, to stress over that and to try and alter that in any uh, meaningful way when you're one person. Having said that, I think you can still do what you can to make a difference. Oh, no, for sure. It, things it's like not, it's these not sort even of like you communities and self-sufficient farming is uh, probably the way of the future, especially if people are working remotely. Totally. Uh, yeah, like, coming back to the Tweed, Tweed Valley, there's all these self-sufficient farms there. In fact, it's, uh, someone I was working with last yeah. week has a farm like that and he just lives out there and, uh, you know, grows his own crops and lives off the land. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's crazy that yeah. so many people yeah. moved away from that lifestyle and now seem to be rescinding back to that because they're seeing the beauty of that and, and the, the um, sort of profound the of, yeah. uh, sufficiency that comes with it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's not just sufficiency. It's like, it's like some sort of 
pull back to uh, your ancestry and kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts of how life is, how it works, right? Like, I, I'm a, I would be a big fan of like killing an animal because I eat animals. And like understand the sacrifice of what that means as opposed to being like, I want pork chops tonight. No, actually lamb. Fuck it. You know, like it's some, it's just so far removed. But like you said, it is, I think, yeah, I think it's not all doom and gloom. It's definitely a bit of an awakening. I think of that people like generally are realizing, but that, that, will that stop Monsanto? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's hard to, but but that is the way to do it. Just it's like it's like the whole Peterson thing of live your like you can't change if you want to change the world, change yourself first, right? Hmm. And that's how that's how it works. But uh, but yeah, dude, you should definitely. I would highly recommend you check you read it because sounds yeah, like I mean, to read without a doubt. Oh, I can't yeah, say no man, to that ram that. Ominous looking ram on the cover, which I don't know. Just, a, just give into the ram, man. Ghost or Love an actual the ram. ram. Yeah. Just yeah, that's, a, that's ram. a ram to worship. So for anyone listening, just uh, what, what's the... Well, the book I was talking about is called Wailing Pusefong. Ghosts by Pew Song Ling, which I think actually has a much deeper message that we haven't been able to fully unpack yet. Um, don't laugh too don't. hard if you get decapitated. But <laughs> the real book that... Uh, uh, we've discussed here it's is James Kerouac. James Kerouac. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. Read the title. Nourishment. It's called Nourishment. 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 Read the whole thing. By Fred yet. Provenza. By Fred Provenza. Yes. Nourishment. Yeah. What animals can teach us about rediscovering our nutritional wisdom? It's my book of the week. Bing ding. Seriously, it's uh, it's pretty incredible because we didn't even get onto that, but it touches on. Uh, I'm not going to do it justice, but it touches on philosophy and it's kind of interesting because it starts from more of a sort of bio, you know, like a neurological uh, sort of perspective. But then it makes sense that eventually you talk about nature and then it's kind of, it kind of comes down to nature for for humans as well and what, and what, um, what that means for humanity. You know what I mean? In terms of, um, mm. yeah, in terms of like, naturally it talks about if something's holistic and sort of nourishing, then it sort of brings that into your state of mind as well, you know, and talks about Hinduism and Taoism, sure. like Confucianism, Tao, a lot. But do, okay, of- can, I, can I just jump in really quickly? Do you think that we have a romantic view of, what living out on the land and, and, and living uh, amidst nature is actually like. I mean, at the same time, there's all these predators that can kill you and there was a lot of war in between tribes and a lot more death and uh, just probably, I'm assuming, a lot more rape and things like uh, what modern society has given is a bit more structure to the way we live our lives and you know, we're less likely to be beholden to the to the whims of whoever may be the strongest and the, and the biggest, and we can't yeah, have so much too much of a romantic view of what of what things were. Because at the same time, with do you think we're yeah uh, yeah 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 you know grass is always greener type thing? 
Uh, I mean, look, it depends what you're talking about. I mean, like, I'm not, I don't, it's not suggesting sort of like, you know, there's obviously at a certain point where society. I think basically it's just saying, Neil, that like, you can control things, and that's a good example of that. That yes, we're too far removed. We've made things a hell of a lot safer for ourselves and a hell of a lot more comfortable. But you can't do it forever. At some point, oh, okay, order yeah. realigns. I think yeah. that's the main yeah. message of it. Which I is, mean, the idea of living in nature now. I mean, there are the idea of predators now is they're gone. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously still predators, but I mean. It's not, it's not a, you know, I think in modern society, people are becoming more and more violent and more and more aggressive as they're sort of defamiliarized, like removed and isolated. And I'm not saying tech is a bad thing necessarily, but it can be a bad thing if you nurture a bad side of it. Uh, World of Warcraft players, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> like, I think... Like, I know what you're saying, but I think sometimes people romanticize modern society too, you know, like, yeah, people are, seem Do to they? be getting Doesn't more Doesn't everyone seem to have a pretty cynical view about the way we're living today? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could talk to anyone and they tend to say, oh, we're on our screens too much and, yeah. you know, things, are, people, people aren't nice to each other and people are too woke or whatever. There's never, I haven't, I don't know a single person who says, ah, things are actually pretty good right now. That's um, what I mean. Like, Stephen yeah. Pinker has a, has a book. I haven't actually read it, but the, 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 uh, the main message is, is that if you actually look at the trends over time, we've improved dramatically in terms of oh, for sure. quality of life and yeah. uh, violence. We're a far less violent society than ever before. And, our okay. quality of life and, and living standards have uh, improved dramatically across the globe. And, and that's really one of the main metrics through which, uh, how which we can measure our success. But yeah, there's a, there's a complete dearth of deeper meaning and also uh, a very negative consequence of uh, years of, you know, rapacious profit seeking has led to things like a health and uh, yeah. general well, mental well-being, taking a back seat, which I was going to say there's definitely around because it's coming to a precipice. Well, yeah, exactly. I think it's all an equilibrium and it's kind of like where, what side we're dipping on the thing. Cause our now in terms of health, we are declining rapidly, rapidly yeah. de declining. Obesity, cardiovascular disease, heart disease, diabetes. Kids in America now, for the first time in history, are getting diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Like they have giant fatty livers and they're six years old. It's like unheard of, completely unheard of. They're like, doctors are just like, I don't even know how to help you. So there are, Jesus, damn. There are, there are serious problems and Australia's not far behind. So in terms of, of what you're saying, I agree, Neil. Like the metrics, we are improving on many, but some that you would think would be a pretty kind of uh, paramount indicator of a society improving are declining. Yeah, 
No, so that's, uh, it's a balance. It's not. It's not. It's, it's really kids. not black and white. It's not like I'm gonna go and live in the in, in the bush and hunt. Like it's like it's it's. I think it's just the it's baby steps. Like and also like the, these these metrics of improving the quality of life. They are at a huge cost, and that is a sixth extinction. I've been thinking about that a lot. Don't you reckon that yeah. that's kind of something that happens where it's like if you extend someone else's life, usually a bunch of other lives have to be extinguished in mm. order for that. Like it's kind of just like there's a yin and yang sort almost. of, not even yin and yang, like a finite level of life. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Sure. Um, yeah. At yeah, some point, the, the, the cost of human flourishing has been borne by the non-human animals and their world. <laughs> Massively. It certainly has, yeah. I, I, As you were saying, Neil, about the world population, how they think it'll teeter off at nine point whatever, I'm uh, hopeful of that. The book actually was less hopeful. <laughs> what saying, did he say? It said that that's not going to happen. It's just going to keep growing Fuck. exponentially. But because at this point, that's speculation about it teetering off. But I hope so, because then a little breathing space for everyone wouldn't hurt. Um, but like, I really do think that the other thing is how big can it get? Yeah, nine ten, billion. It's a is lot. Still, everyone's always saying like, "Yeah, nine billion's fine." <laughs> it's a lot. Still two billion more than now. <laughs> now it's already fucking crowded. Like, yeah, you know. And I, it's we can go to oh. we can colonize space. I guess that's the. Hey, the, maybe, the, maybe all yeah. the tech the tech billionaires and uh, anyone yeah. who's into tech is obsessed with colonizing space because they're the dude. I explorers. As as long as Richard Branson. Makes Mars and turns it into Rolling Stone Delta One Shagadelic. <laughs> How good would it be, Neil, if uh, that's what they called Mars and it's just like constant sort of like, uh, you know, like red sugar. It's like we've been playing this song for ten years, Mick. Can we change it? Never. Yeah. <laughs> the new decline of the Han dynasty right there. The yeah, the yeah. Is uh, Richard Branson just doing the fucking like, ma, ma, ma. how do you like it? How do you like it? Yeah. And he calls, he calls one Bloodshot of the Bloodshot eyes. Bingles, he's <laughs> Extremely unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're never allowed to play the Bingles there. <laughs> but Neil, Neil, can I? <laughs> yeah. Can I? Can I just give because I know that's a lot of doom and gloom from from me, but can I give some sure. like let's ra- yeah? Can I just give some like dot point practical advice that the book said that everyone can do? Because I want to give some positivity. Go for it. It's simple shit. It's not even. It's not everyone will be like I know this already, but it's just cool to be reminded. Literally, in terms of the in terms of uh, I won't go into detail, but in terms of uh, diet, um, obviously. Hormone, chemical-free meat, anything whole, uh, small scale uh, that's like uh, permaculture is good. Try to eat veggies from like small, like even if you go to your markets and get one of those boxes of veggies that have been grown that aren't from Woolies basically for 50 bucks, which is great. Try to do that. Heaps, you want, you want uh, herbs, fresh herbs, pile them on everything. Spices, a t- chock full of antioxidants. Eat a variety of food, nuts, everything. If you eat meat, 
Try not to eat super fatty meat too often. Fruits and vegetables, leafy fruits and vegetables are good. That's it. There's no, there's no magic. Try to eat from a long, wide variety. Don't the diets are bullshit. Nutritionists can help so far, but everyone's biome is so different that it's pointless. And your gut, your gut bacteria is super important. So try to eat fermented, you know, kimchi, sauerkraut, probiotics, that kind of stuff. Just keep it try try when you can to buy a small scale and you'll live forever. That's yeah. Cool. The uh, another great book is called The Clever Guts Book. I think that's what it's called, oh, cool. but that has very similar advice. Uh, not so much philosophy. Uh, let me just... So one more thing was too uh, the clever guts diet. That one. Oh that's hell yeah! No, one. I'll check that out. Uh, one more thing too was. They, I was telling Jordan's there's proof of this. I won't go into it now, but if you want to live a healthy, long life too, meaningful relationships, spend time with people. If you're, you want to feel a part of a community, Absolutely. it actually, yeah, it actually bolsters health. People in it, there was a study they did in America where Italians came, I, I'll just quickly roll this off. Italians were coming over in the sixties. They were eating the same diet as local uh, white Americans, they were smoking, drinking, same jobs, and they were eating pretty fatty food, like meatballs cooked in lard, spaghetti, you know, not super healthy food. Their level of cardiovascular, heart disease, diabetes, all of that was half of the national average. And then everyone was like, why? How? Exactly the same lives. They figured out they were living, uh, you know, 40% longer than the rest of America because they were playing music together, laughing together. They were all, the community was like, you'd, you'd stay at neighbor's house. Like all the people in the streets knew each other. Um, they were, you know, basically pretending like they were in Italy, like bring the guitars, the JP, uh, yeah. And like drinking, enjoying themselves with friends and family prolonged their life significantly. Good advice. I like that. All right, yeah. well, we'll uh, wrap this one up there. Uh, thank you, Miss Love, for being a special guest on the podcast Dude. today. Apologize for uh, uh, apologies, I should say, for uh, the lack of video from uh, Miss Love and Jordan, and a few little uh, teething issues there. Not having done a remote podcast for a while. Um, go see me in Melbourne, December fifth, Sydney every week. NeilDan.com, and uh, yeah, Crush Organics, CrushOrganics.com. Use the code Neil for forty percent off. I didn't say that at the top of the podcast. So uh, make sure you do that. And yes, if it's the first time, just take two or three drops. Jordan, do you have any shows to to spruik right now? Yeah, you do. I do, but I don't know where they are. Just check out friendlyjordies.com. Yeah, he's doing Melbourne in a week. (laughs) Okay, we'll both be in Melbourne, so check us out there. I'm not doing Sydney first? No. Probably should, yeah. Talk about that off here. He's doing a whole <laughs> yeah. I'm an island so boy. Silly, go see him. Where we will right. be, it will be replacing <laughs> the entire show with Miss Love and I in dread singing. I'm an island boy <laughs> for two hours. It's called <laughs> it's called progressive holistic living. Worth it. Um, thanks for having that. me, Neil. Worth it. It's, love, Neil. it's no lovely worries. to see you, man. You too, bro. We'll catch yeah, up we'll, soon. Um, Yeah, always good to see you, man. And we'll do it again, I'm sure, soon. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.